Welcome back to the Random Output Podcast. This is your host, Tony Clemmings. I'm finally back. It's finally back. We're starting again. And I'm excited. I'm very excited to be back. Thank you for joining me once again. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for all the people that have stuck around. Thanks for all the people that have reached out and said I need to do the podcast again. Shout out to the homie Nat. Uh, I'm excited to be back. Um, first and foremost, this Tiana Taylor album's fire. Second thing to note, uh, we're currently potty training our, our one-year-old, so uh, pray it goes smoothly. It's been fun. It's been really fun. Uh, she, uh, it's crazy. It's it's just kind of crazy how how much things change over such a short span of time. Um, you know, going from. The potty training thing's just been crazy in of itself, but uh, even when we're looking at like recognizing like parts of her body, like knowing where her head is, her head is knowing her feet, her toes, all that kind of stuff's been funny. She's she's a character, an absolute character. I couldn't be happier. Wifey's been holding it down. Uh, you know, there's just been a lot going on. Uh, I have I'm about ninety, just just under ninety days into a new job. Hit that reset button. Um, Still employed at my old employee. Uh, that seems to be nearing its close, though. Uh, you know, we'll see how the month of August goes. But for right now, uh, I'm just moving ahead with uh, with the current gig. It's been fun. I'm enjoying it. You know, uh, it was uh, an interesting transition starting from the bottom, but it is what it is. I think I think that right now it was uh, the perfect time to hit reset. Um, just given uh, the position I was in. Uh, given the opportunity I was given and then uh, you know the potential for growth uh, and uh, it's with a dope company that uh, you know and uh, and the company that we we're a dealer for is a company that I, I respect so I, you know I don't feel like uh, I don't feel like I'm shortchanging myself by doing something where it's you know disingenuous you know uh, especially when you go into that sales where sales world with no background it's very easy to sell a product that you you're not behind um or you can't get behind in some way shape or form so it's dope i work with telus right now uh, i'm currently uh, a rep for Kelcom, so it's been it's been pretty sweet i've been enjoying that um it was definitely a drastic change i know it, i'm just kind of segueing into this completely randomly uh maybe it's the tiana in the background but uh Going from a full-time job with all the security and, you know, the uh, the comforts that come with that level of tenure in, a, in an agency, um, it's, uh, it's, it's troubling when you have the amount of responsibility that I had, like I had mentioned in a previous podcast, just bought a house a little while ago, just got a car for wifey, we just had the baby, so it's like, it was a lot of things adding up that, you know, taking a, a chance on a position where you're not sure uh you know what what to expect the pay especially starting wasn't there you know it was a minimum wage job plus commission um and then to get to that commission structure or that commission portion where you're you're you know comfortable and um even just getting back to where i was before uh, it's going to take a while in that uh you know got to build a clientele got to learn the ins and outs um, but it's, it's been a, it's been an awesome journey. I've been enjoying it so far. The months have just flown by. Uh, I don't know if at any point during 
my school career or my my other work endeavors where I, I felt like time just goes by so quickly but it's it's august 1st people it's been wild but anyways the tiana album's fire um home life has been good you know um yeah wifey's been holding it down major thank you wife thank you thank you thank you thank you but yeah it's been dope so uh a few things i want to jump in today um not sure if we're gonna get to link up with the homie Jarrell, but uh if we do we'll get a call back if not it's all good we'll get this one out the way uh, and then we'll move on from there um but uh let me pull up what i what i feel like discussing today and uh we'll let uh tiana smooth uh smoothest transition over of course if i don't deafen everybody Jeez. can you hear this did you hear that it's my jam yo that album's fire by the way that is yeah i was just listening to it uh yesterday that has been probably probably my favorite project of the year Mm. and it's saying a lot because it's too short and i don't like all the songs on it you know you might you might you might be onto something though you might be like i'm trying to think of if there was a project that I liked better than that than that one, like and as, I, as far as I don't think impact there is, and like the first two tracks never would have made it. A rose and heart, like like there's there's enough on there, but there isn't enough. Yeah, there's definitely room for more. Like um, hurry with Kanye, I can. I enjoy I can do without the Kanye verse. I like much. the song. Three the way song was interesting. Is okay. That's probably one of the weaker songs, but like I like the whole album. And the thing is, I know when, and I know we're completely far away from what we were just discussing. But uh, the thing with uh, when Tiana was on Breakfast Club, yeah. Um, I guess that'll be our kind of our segue into that. Yeah. But she uh, she had talked about um, the end result of her project not being what she wanted it to be. I guess. Well, yeah, she said she didn't even really know what it sounded like until we knew what it sounded like. Yeah, and, and I guess there's, I, I never would have made it. That was a, a lot to do with her mom, and there was so much yeah, she on she that said, song. Yeah, like two more verses. That just wasn't there, and which yeah. is crazy to me, because like, I love that song. Yeah, I wish it was longer. Like that is That is my only complaint, I would say, uh, is that I wish there was more of the album. Not necessarily more or of other songs but just like more of what's already there yeah exactly yeah uh that song in particular i love that song like i can't think of another project that i enjoyed as much i'm trying to think now you got me i gotta i gotta go through my uh... (laughs) I'm just gonna, I gotta look through what I if if to if you're show. listening, you have no idea what we're talking about. We're talking about uh, Tiana Taylor's uh, KTSE. Keep that same energy. Keep that same energy. Um, project. I, I prefer listening to the clean version. Um, I don't know about you. I've never done that before. It's funny because like I was very much like a, a clean version type of person. Um, and then I guess 
there was like a limited selection at some point where I just became too lazy to look for the clean version. But with, I don't think I've ever listened to a clean version of anything. <laughs> with with the streaming services becoming uh, so flexible, it is pretty easy to find a clean version of a very large project. Oh yeah, yeah. Like like they especially like a Drake project on Apple Music, they give you both because when they do the radio show, they give you both cuts. Like the radio yeah. show is normally clean, so it's really easy to find a clean project. Um. And I think like the biggest reason for this one, because there really isn't a ton of cussing on it, but when you get to that final track, uh, <laughs> well, you, know, you can if you don't like the song, things you can, can get. just remove it so that it's not even in rotation. Things can get a little. It gets a little hairy. The sequencing is very, you know, it's a, it's a little uh, harder to digest. That hurt that me. It comes right after her like reinterpolation of a gospel song. Exactly, like it hurts me. It hurts yeah, me a lot. It's, it's, I'm sure that that was Kanye's decision. Yeah, he's a dick like that, isn't he? Yeah. But um, yeah, you might be right. I don't know that there's anything that I. There's been a lot of music. And it's not like I had low expectations for the album either. That definitely wasn't it. Like, it didn't surprise me. It just... No. Do you know what it Did, was? It, it. I I liked it a lot, though, even comparing it to her last album. And that's the thing is, I, I, I had a very limited history on Tiana. Okay. Like, yeah, her last album, uh, Seven, is pretty good. Um, I think for me, like, it just... It was an album that demonstrated a level of growth and like just spoke to a number of issues that were not only relevant to her but to people as a whole in relationships. Mm. Uh, and then like it, it talked about like her overcoming a struggle and you know coming from a place where like she wasn't expected to kind of get to where she is today. Um, so yeah, so the, the the realness of it is what you really. There's the appreciate. realness of it. The vocals are amazing. The vocals are great. The beat yeah. selection is obviously there. Yeah. Um, there's you know some weird stuff that happened with like lasers and spaceships. On I didn't mind tracks. that stuff. I was listening when I was listening to it yesterday. I was like, how do I feel about these noises? And I think before they're, they're it was not ever, distracting like, enough. I like liked the, it. yeah, they're not. They're not. Enough it's not offensive. to take a exactly. That's exactly yeah. it. Like, does it maybe take you a little bit out of the moment? Sure, but not enough that you can't be quickly reeled back in. I don't know. For some reason, I understand the lasers. What do you take the lasers as? I don't know. I can't articulate it, but I just for, like I get it. For me, the lasers represented the unifying of the four projects, or the oh, three or four see, projects. I don't like that. Like, I don't like that in theory. It was, I it hope was, that's not what it, it means. It was <laughs> enough of a link, but it wasn't like an overpowering. Like It wasn't like a DJ Khaled announcing himself on each track. Right. Thankfully. It was like a an ode to this moment more so than – that's that's kind of how I took it because like, I didn't have – what do I take it as? Like being out of this world, you know, what's – and then like with Kanye's mind, it's hard to determine what he's thinking – Right. At any point, you know, was he cohesive? Uh, was he? Coherent? Well, that's the Coherence. thing. I think for me, that's why I never even tried to necessarily associate it with anything outside of the song that it exists on, because 
I think so much of what Kanye does is arbitrary, and then there's later on there's um, there's some sort of artistic uh, rhetoric sort of applied to it in post. Yeah, but yep. like I agree with that. Uh, yeah, like I don't think that there's necessarily that much forethought going into it. I think it's just like this sounds dope. Let's 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 go. And I'm not mad at that. That's the thing. Like that's that does that's not even a knock against you know anyone's uh, creative uh, output style. I appreciate that sort of um, renegade type approach to things, right? But um, I don't know. Like I never, there's, I don't. That never bothered me. Like I kind of, for some reason, I think I just appreciated it as like a weird sort of contrast because the sonics of the the album, for the most part, is very like uh, it's very like warm and like retro sounding, mm-hmm. um, and so like there's sort of just like maybe like a, a some level of like futurism added on to it okay um just sort of maybe if anything just let you know like this is still like new shit yeah okay so with that being said and with what uh you know we've both taken from the tiana album yeah what were your thoughts on Nas's album if you, man if okay you listen to it so and this is wild and i keep and it's literally for no other reason uh than i just don't remember i haven't even heard that album yet really yeah it's nuts i, I that's the only good me as much as i was boycotting and canceling kanye uh the nas project is the only one i haven't heard and i think because i'm such a nas fan that like i don't have the heart to like like I think subconsciously it's just like I can't I can't even though Nas this wouldn't be the first not great Nas project truthfully but um yeah I don't know I I just literally kind of just haven't remembered to do it but apparently he's releasing another album like right away so is Drake apparently but that's neither here nor there um yeah. for the Nas album and then when you listen to this let me know if you think the same i actually wanted your opinion before i said this i didn't think the beat selection was anything better than what he'd done in the past it was still very much a that would be in keeping with nas's sound i think it was almost like kanye produced it to sound like nas like Mm. they canceled out that's very interesting i need to listen to this album so I I don't I don't know what to take from that. Hmm. Um, and that one's that one is seven songs also. That one I believe followed the same blueprint if I'm not mistaken. Okay. I could be mistaken. I don't know anything anymore. I'm just a vessel. <laughs> right, right, I mean, right, right. Who, who, that, who like, said a, that again? A, who was that this week? No one. That was just literally like people would ask me something. I'd be like. I'm just a vessel. Like I, I within myself contain no real knowledge, or uh, or substance. I, I am just a vessel. For what exactly? I, I mean, I'm God's vessel, but I'm just an empty basket. <laughs> okay, I, I, I hear you. I hear you. I don't know. Like I think people just expect too much of people sometimes, um, and you know. I don't, I don't have the answer, Sway. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. All right. 
I see what's going on. Here. No, it was just a very like real like people would ask me things and expect some level of uh, I don't know depth to what I was going to respond to them with. And sure, yeah, because you've built that sort of history. I don't know if I so much I built that sort of history. Like people think I'm more plugged in than I am. Like I'm very much out of the loop on everything, including my own life. Like mm. I'm, I'm. Is that just like a lifestyle choice, or? Uh, I think I, uh, I think in some ways, um, mm. and in other ways, like I just choose not to trouble myself with the menial. Um, not that something is necessarily beneath me, but. In many ways, it's just not worth my energy. No, man. I mean, I think you should only be spending. I think being selective with what you are spending your energy on. See, but that's the thing. Like, it's not like it's not like I'm curating carefully. I am just picking and choosing. No, I think it's based on you know interest in the moment. What I choose to have many. Like, I could, I could, I could bore you to death on my my in depth understanding of the current state of the basketball world. And it's 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 not even you know season time, right? But at the same time, I feel like I haven't invested a significant amount of energy into that. That's just entertainment to me that I just happen to have retained information from. Right, right, right. But I don't know if there's anything necessarily educational or in depth that I've dedicated a certain amount of time to understanding. But you can just engage this thing without exhausting your energy in any way. Yeah, exactly. Right, which I think I think is fine. I think we need those types of exercises too. I think being selective, whether it's um, decidedly or just you know instinctively, being selective with what you are putting your energy into is key, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you only have so many hours in a day. Yeah, but I waste a lot of them. Is what I'm saying. Oh, I actually did not know that's what you were saying. I mean, I I do and I don't like. In many ways, I don't waste them, but in many in many ways, I I do hmm. waste a significant amount of them. Okay. Um, in what ways do you think you are? Waiting? You know, I see. Um, you know, giving thought to things like these would be. Uh, I'm just messing with you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know. My days are very simple. Um, you know, wake up, work, uh, home, maybe watch. That's almost everyone's day. A couple, couple minutes of sports, play with baby, sleep. Like there's, there's no level of. Like I, I don't even watch the news half the time. Mm-hmm. Does it feel like your days like escape you? Not necessarily, especially if I wake up early enough. I'm definitely not waking up early tomorrow. It's currently okay. two a.m. out here, so uh, my six a.m. wake up is not happening. Do you have uh, you have the day off tomorrow? No, I work at ten. What's that? I work at ten. Oh, okay, I totally forgot that uh, it is um, only what day is it today? Tuesday. It's Wednesday now. Well, Wednesday now, but yeah. Yeah, it's it's early in the week. I, yeah, I'm like I definitely totally work tomorrow. Um, but um, yeah. On to the uh, the previous issue we were discussing. Yeah, uh, Mr. Charlemagne, the uh, the guy. The guy. Um, 
he actually the last podcast I listened to him uh, was with Derek Jackson, where they went in depth on the issue. I guess Derek Jackson was like one of the main guys that was calling him out based on what he'd said. Really? About, yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, they had a pretty lengthy discussion. Um, I still have 28 minutes remaining to listen to. Actually, I'm, it was a long. They like. I think honestly, I think if there was a podcast that you would, and there's no Andrew on it. Um, oh, perfect. So I think um, that's the one. Yeah, it's called Unbecoming, um, featuring mm. Derek Jackson. I think that's one. Uh, we'll we'll kind of give like a brief. I don't know. We'll kind of get into a little bit of the discussion we were just having, mm-hmm. but I think once you listen to that. Because right now, like you are, um, you believe at least to some degree the accusations against Charlemagne of him uh, have potentially assaulted. Or- yeah, I believe in um, enough plausibility of these accusations to where, like I, like I said, I haven't. I've literally only watched one Breakfast Club interview since, and it was only because it was Leo Cohen, and I just really wanted to watch the Lee Cohen interview. Um, but I don't, I haven't liked any of his stuff on Charlemagne's posts on IG, you know, like I don't watch his stories anymore. And it's like, and it's not even like an active performance. Like you're the first person I'm having this conversation uh, about this with um, whatever that sentence was crap. But like, you're the first person I've talked to about this with. Um, so it's not even like it's this performative sort of virtue gesturing. I've literally just like, I believe it enough. Or like I said, I believe in the plausibility of these accusations enough to where I'm uncomfortable. Um, just like, you know, turning a blind eye and continuing to like engage this guy um, on the internet giving him my eyes, you know what I mean? Like paying him via my eyes, right? Putting my eyes on the advertisements that are playing before the Breakfast Club interviews. Because, I mean, so everyone I'm assuming on some which, level which accusation? Like, maybe not, but, like, essentially the Breakfast Club, I mean, everyone is there for Charlemagne, right? So if it was I mean, just yeah, Envy he, he and is, Angela Yee, as much is, as I like Angela Yee, um, I probably wouldn't watch it. He, so, he's definitely the driving force of the show. Um, yeah, I used he's to actually just personality. I used to tune in just for the donkey of the days back in the day. Um, now I don't even listen to the show. Yeah, uh, I would say the same. I, I only, catch an interview or two really here and there, interviews. but that's about it. And What's that? I only really catch an interview or two here or there. And yeah, and, and, it, and it does depend on who it is. Very much so. Yeah. Um. What accusation specifically do you believe? Like, do you believe the rape accusation? Is it the Spanish fly story? Um, um, the Spanish fly story is a little bit um, less of a tipping point for me, only because truthfully, I don't know what Spanish fly is, and I haven't researched researched it enough. The only thing I've heard in passing via the internet is that it's something that can be purchased um i guess over the counter also i've heard and or read that like both he and this woman took or ingested anyway this spanish fly um so what was more troubling or the more the most troubling thing to me was the actual like 
main um, accusation was what took place at this party when he was uh, 22 with this 15-year-old. Yeah, so that story um, in many ways has been... I don't know. He's been, I, I what's the word, uh, freed of those accusations um, based on, you know, proper police work in many ways. Not to say that I'm just not going to straight up believe someone based on those type so of things. What proper police work? Because what I heard was that he, at the time of the initial uh, chart being charged, he gave, you know, whatever DNA samples and then the young lady who was making the accusations, she withdrew from the proceedings of, you know, going forward with these charges. So the case basically just no, died. No, apparently a DNA test was con- conducted, though. What's that? Apparently a DNA test was conducted. On her? On, like, he didn't match he, the yeah, DNA. Yeah, no, he gave his DNA samples. But did she have a like a rape kit done i'm not sure that i'm not sure that's, see that's what i'm saying though right like um, that's the stuff that i would need to know in order to like hang up hang up any sort of like um faith in and the police work or the investigation when but like from i'm just what trying I'm to think gathering, like why prematurely why she withdrew and it, it's it like it goes to well, a deeper like i could give you a lot of reasons med- for that oh I, I understand that completely but like the only reason i'm saying that now is like there is there wasn't like the same clout associated with like he wasn't charlemagne back then no that's what i'm saying so like if there's i know there's going to be people that point to you know like uh like him threatening or like potentially ruining a career like there was no career at that point there was there was there was drug dealer Charlemagne. That was it. Right. And, you know, rape charges don't really end drug dealers. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I think for me what, uh, you know, doesn't make me point the finger so readily, um, or at least I'm trying to take in as much information, is that he had talked about this and addressed this in his book. And while I don't see it as, like, some type of, like, PR, he was speaking to... Um, like the negative path that he was on and how he was, he did speak about multiple arrests and then being arrested for a crime he didn't commit. Um, now, whether that was some type of, you know, preemptive defense or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, I didn't see it that way. I just thought like his book was very, very much an open book. Just transparency. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I, and I mean, yeah. And I, I, as you're mentioning that, I, remember that that was something he spoke to in his book and like trust me like he's you know like i don't want to believe that this is true right Mm -hmm. but i don't know i don't know you know it's it's (sighs) i don't know you know it's just it's one of those things right where it's like sure the timing of her coming forward or coming forward again you know you could you could poke holes in that or you could you know question that um i mean there's lots of reasons to question it right now outside of just the me too movement like no just with what's going on with his career right now like yeah this is a very like opportune time to to go after him when it looks like he's about to get this hbo bag he did well he got the show right the show is there now right um 
he's been executive producing for a lot of projects. But uh, I mean, it's it's one of those things where like I'm not pointing to his success as a defense. Yeah, um, I just I I don't like when that is. Uh, and I'm not saying that you're doing that, but like you see that on the internet a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly in like the comment sections and not by people who are actually having the, the conversation, but like people are quick to just be like, Oh, she's chasing clout, you know, because he got the bag or whatever, you know? And it's like, I mean, not to say that that never happens, but I think that the number of cases wherein an act, someone accusing someone of these types of things is, you know, telling the truth and these accusations are real versus the number of instances where it's fabricated or embellished to such a degree because someone's being opportunistic. I think it, you know, I think it's probably a very like imbalanced ratio in favor of people telling the truth. I mean, I think yes and no, but I think it also, I think that number kind of skews backwards sometimes just based on, um, where that individual is now and you know based on like the potential vindic- vindictive nature of some people um while a yeah. lot of it i will say but my like, thing is like why because the thing about Charlemagne is like very like he's very um likable right like even though he's a bit of an ass and he's definitely been more of an ass throughout the years you know leading up to this point in his career um, he's very likable, right? And like, I can't I really think say part that of that there's... is just like he's he's very very willing to call himself a piece of shit when he's been a piece of shit. Yeah, like he's been very transparent. Like that's why it's like I when this first came out, like I was, I was, you know, this is one of the ones where like you're disappointed by because like even though he does seem to he he like he's done some stuff. The level of go ahead. He's done some stuff that you know definitely shouldn't be celebrated. But I'm not like, even talking about his past, right? Like, I mean, I mean, just as a personality, like a radio personality, an internet personality, just like as a public figure, as a public figure in the black sphere, because um, that's, I mean, I would say that's probably, I would say black people are his largest audience. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that he's necessarily crossed over in that, in a, in a like, really significant way just yet. Um, HBO might be the platform for that depending on the content, but, like, um, I was disappointed, basically, and, like, even though he maintains a certain level of, like, being problematic, like, every once in a while he'll say something, I'm just like, ah, you know, like, I don't agree with his politics, like, implicitly, but I definitely see the the evolution of Charlemagne throughout the years, right, Um, and especially, like, when it comes to you know, uh, social issues, right? Like he's very, he's, he, he's what I would consider generally pretty woke. He seems to be wanting to be on the right side of, of the Me Too movement of like, you know, women's empowerment, the people, the women that he aligns himself with, you know, Amanda Seals, Angela Rye, you know what I mean? Like it, it's, so these are all things that like, I am very much on board with, but you know, there's just something about the situation that I'm just like, I, I don't, I don't want it to be true, mm-hmm. but I also don't want to be like another guy who is quick to Dismiss. be dismissive, um, you know, prematurely. I got you. Yeah. Um, that's why I do think that that last podcast that he did, uh, not the flagrant two one, the one before that, because if you go to look, like, 
yeah, you'll you'll see it. You'll see it. What did you say it was called again? Uh, this last the last one he did was Unbecoming with Derek Jackson. Unbecoming. Yeah. Um, okay. they they actually get into like a lot of deep stuff, uh, a lot of like rape culture stuff. Do they get into the details of his accusations? Uh, I don't know if they him. do on this one, but the Spanish Fly stuff, um, it was, like, and that like I I didn't catch enough of the explanation, but I guess it was like it wasn't a true story. It was an example of like like they were trying to determine something about the Me Too movement. So basically, like it was almost like they can saying like it was con- it was just content, not just content, but like he was giving like an anecdotal story that didn't have any true basis. Like it was. So he, he, does that mean he made it up? Like I guess they were just yeah. Like they were. I, See, from what, I don't like that. I don't like that. And that's the thing, though. I'd have to go back and listen to the podcast, like the original podcast. Yeah. Um. Because like that's one of the things. Like they do have a lot of wild snippets if you want to take from that show, and I guess they were sure, discussing. Sure, but like that's that's un- that's unfair to do too. I'm not even, you know, I don't I don't. And I that's don't, the thing. I like, don't, yeah. What I what I got from the interview, and I, I probably did listen to the podcast. I just don't remember it well enough. But you know how Andrew is. He's very. Uh, <laughs> he likes to kind of toe that line and argue the other side to an extent. Oh, he's very contrarian. He's very. Yeah. I find he's very arrogant. So I, I think I think Andrew. that um, during that podcast, yeah, they were trying to get to the bottom, like get to a determination of what was consent and rape on a situation. No, basis. Is this your, are you speaking about the uh, the original podcast that they initially wake up and it's just like, and the girl that you slept with is like that was rape or like whether or not like, like it's wait, what are you like supposed to do in that situation or it was rape just because i feel like if it was actual rape right like by definition textbook rape then obviously that's what it was but also like if it's to the point if she was drunk to the point where like she's now sober and like upon realizing that she slept with you the level of regret is that deep to where she's just like, oh, my God, like this was there's no way I could have consented to having sex with this guy. Then that means that, like, she was wasted beyond a point of where, like, sex she was wasted to the point where, like, sex should have been taken off the table. Right. And it's just like for me, like, it's just a weirdo thing to me. Right. Like where it's just like I never would want to have I would never want to hook up with someone who wasn't like well aware and I think maybe for me there's a, like there's it's ego but then it's also sort of like um you know a track a long standing like you know love hate relationship with yourself where it's just like I don't want there to be any confusion mm-hmm. like I want it to be clear like you know like whatever goes down like that's what you wanted you know what I mean so for me like that level of drunkenness has always been obvious to me like when i was in high school and i was in the clubs like it was always like the level that like i always considered like sloppy and i'm not saying this to be speaking from like a level of like more a moral high ground but like I, i think that like the optics are different when it's like we're both drunk you know we're both faded and but we feel good versus this is a little bit messy now. Mm. 
Yeah, see, I have I have like literally none of these experiences, so I know nothing. Yeah, see, like I plus I like I was always warned as a as a young man of you know the uh, like the. <sighs> And and like this isn't attacking victims or someone who, um, and it, it it's one of those things where like you really want to be careful about your words because like even with like saying, or with someone who feels like they were taken advantage of, obviously you have that feeling for a reason, right? Um, and I'm not trying to discount that, but like I was always warned about situations like that because um, you know like what is my defense in a lot of these situations, I like. At my smallest, I was a 240-pound, you know, black man who played football. And, I mean, you look at my wife, she's like a 115-pound little nothing. Like, right. like at what point can even, – even in my marriage, at what point can I say, like, she forced me to do something I didn't want to do? Or what point can she – like, she can, she can say that I forced her to do something. Like, what is my defense in that situation? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean, it's – it's, I mean, in that situation, it's your word versus hers. And that's why, you know, these situations are complicated. Um, but I think that a lot of times there's so much detail in the accusations that it's just like, it's got to be real. Like, who who could, like, this is too detailed to be made up, you know? So I think the devil is in the details. Is it, though? Like... What what type of details? So like, you look at the um, and this is like far left, like the Aziz situation, like right. the yeah. way that those two individuals perceive the same events were completely different, and there were a lot of details that took place. Um, but but that think, wasn't like he never um, he never argued that that didn't happen. He argued that I guess what a lot of people were arguing in his in favor of him was that their perception of what was actually taking place and how that that behavior is defined i mean i mean me and you know better than most like how absent-minded are a lot of men in a lot of situations and this is this is Ah. this isn't a defense if this is like this is a thing where like obviously society and like cultural upbringing and you know rape culture has played its role in like kind of shaping the 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 mindset for a lot of these situations but like yeah definitely what definitely. role are we to attribute uh you know some sort of not blame so much as like what what type of i don't know how do we apply those influences to situations where it's like yeah you should know better than this but you weren't taught better than this i feel like since the Me Too movement has arisen, there's been a lot more education on situations where, like, men today still might see, like, still might think that something is not what it truly is. Um, mm-hmm. You know, what what is the, I guess, some ways, what is the defense for that? What, what, it, how do we attribute those types, uh, that type of, you know, societal influence and, you know, the upbringing? How do, how do we, you know, how do we make up for that? Is what I, I get. What I guess I'm trying to get to. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's a very fair question. Um, I think it was Mandela that said like something to the effect of, you know, in order for a system to be fixed, everyone has to admit what they've done, right? And I guess you know, 
um, in doing that, you know, you're basically taking accountability for it, but not so much as like, you know, I guess the, the intellectual argument is that like, it's not, you're taking account of by everyone admitting what they've done, you're basically only admitting to your own role as a victim in this larger system that is victimizing everyone. So it's like and you, you know, participating in this proliferation of rape culture. You're all you yourself are a victim because you're basically the product of this, um, you know, um, society that's raised you. You've been socialized to behave this way. So now that's not to say that people who are perpetuating actual crimes, you know, uh, don't shouldn't pay for their crimes by way of like jail time. Um, but I think that there is a lot of unlearning that has to be done and relearning subsequently that needs to be done. So, you know, in doing that, I think that like, yeah, a lot of men need to accept. I think part of the problem is like, there's a large number of men that don't want to accept the fact that like, maybe I've been problematic you know, maybe I've been a really shitty guy. Maybe I've done some things that are, like, not great. Maybe I've hurt people. Um, I mean, but, I reminisce on things like that all the time. And, like, I'm I'm very much like a, like a weird person that needs, I need, like, closure on things. So, like, I've right. reached out to people in the past that I felt like I've done wrong. And it's never been to the extent of anything like this. No, but it's no, like obviously. You've been in a relationship with the same person forever. Yeah, um, but it's like, I don't know, uh, you just like, you, you, you feel just want to clear the like, air. Reach out to rectify things. Yeah, but it's also like, you know you didn't do anything and it definitely wasn't that, but for some reason, you just want to make sure. I, I don't know, but like, uh, it's... It, it's something that I mean, doesn't I think, necessarily yeah, make I sense. I think that you can be concerned with like how a situation may have been received by someone, even though you know what you did or actually actually did or didn't do um, was or wasn't wrong. But you can you know that there's I know that there's people who have been you know affected by my like withdrawing from you know, our friendship or relationship, you know, and it's like that person will have felt that they've been wrong because I would have quote unquote, just like, you know, bailed or ghosted on them. But it's just like, I know that I had a reason for it, you know, based on their actions that they may or may not be self-aware enough to have like reckoned with. And we haven't reconciled because there's just not, the right platform to have that type of dialogue but in a situation like that you the me in that situation is going to feel either conv compelled to reach out to that person and explain it to them um just to make sure that everything is you know buttoned up mm -hmm. and neat or you just keep it moving and just you know don't address it um so i'm saying that to say like i could understand what what you're saying but i think the larger issue is that, like, there's going to be a period of time where, like, 
you know, this is a cultural evolution, I think, that's happening. And um, there, like I was saying, like there has to be a lot of unlearning and relearning. And I think that we all need to be open to that. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, and it's also weird, not really weird, but it's interesting, like having a daughter now, um, mm. like the values you want to teach and, you know, the situations that you want to educate the, you know, your daughter on and, you know, where you do and don't want to see her make mistakes and bad decisions. So those, all those things play a factor in kind of recognizing like the level of scumbag that's out there. Um, yeah. And it's a very, it's a very long spectrum. It is. And I, I, I definitely like, I think one of the things though um, is while I do believe that there, <clears throat> there's definitely an importance in how we educate our boys. 100%. Um, there needs to be much more onus on that. It's 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 going to be a pretty complex issue. And I think that just, you know, dismissing it as, you know, simple little, um, I don't even know, like certain traits or certain like things that are reinforced as you grow up, uh, those things, I guess, kind of need to be addressed. And then you kind of got to go from there and see. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think that this is largely an issue that falls on, on on men really because it's men who have you know uh ran the show i guess you could say and it's men who have put these in these these the system in place mm -hmm. um and it's men that benefit from it it's not women that benefit from it it's men that perpetuate it so yeah i think i mean largely if almost almost exclusively it falls on men right i think that it's not just men who are going to have to do the work but it's men who are going to have to do the changing yeah no like i i can agree with that uh yeah there, there definitely is a level of social responsibility and i think that this is definitely a discussion we're going to have more and more um if there's just so many layers and so many situations to kind of yeah. Try to tackle it's, it's, with it's, it. It's, you're, you, that's, yeah, you're right, 100% right. Um, that it's it's difficult to, uh, uh, and I, I definitely, you know what, I, I'll definitely have, you know, uh, some uh, some female, I, I know some women don't like being called female, some female perspective on it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't it's, it's all complex. Uh, and I guess, I guess we'll, uh, we'll have another deep dive into the transgender um, I, I is is issue an even appropriate word? I don't I don't know anymore. I don't know. I think it depends on who you're asking. Hey, uh, just you know, we'll we'll have another real woman debate. Uh, we'll okay. see how that goes. Uh, probably not well, but <laughs> <laughs> I do think it it is key to try and have. Um, a woman, a woman, or women participate in these conversations for sure. I'd I love think to. part of the I'd issue is women need to be heard, and we as men kind of got to just like chill out and 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 listen. But I also think that saying that someone can't discuss something because that right, doesn't yeah. affect them is complete nonsense. Yeah, no. That's Do I fair. believe that someone who doesn't go through that experience should be the be all and end all 
on expertise I in think that situation. What we have to recognize no. as men is that we can discuss these things, but we can't expect to be an authority on these issues. I can I can agree on that to an extent. Yeah. Um, there was an interesting, uh, and it's not someone that I like. While I will, and it's not even defend, but I I will, you know, kind of, you know without hesitation tout my support for Jordan Peterson on a number of issues. Mm-hmm. I I can't do the same for Ben Shapiro, partly because okay. he comes off as such a dick. Um right. and just like a very condescending kind of jerk. But yeah. I I did hear and actually you know what? I wonder how long it is. If it's if it's not too long, we can take a quick listen. Um he had an interesting perspective on abortion. Um that you know very like very much made me think especially about the you know the question of why a male would be able to speak on the issue or have have a level of uh decision making ability on the issue a level of what on the issue like decision like the ability to you know kind of make or suggest um the way that things went legally on the issue Hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I just feel like it's a woman's body, so like, it's really only their choice. Um, but like, so what if it's are, my kid? Like, like, at what age are we talking about, though? Before the age of, you know, legal adulthood? No, like, what if it's my kid? That you are born. Oh, like you're like someone is pregnant with your kid. Yeah. Yeah, but if you're not the one that's going through that pregnancy, though. Yeah, but like it's, it's my still kid. Still, like in order, it's your kid. Sure. Once the child, you know, is at whatever stage beyond its being just like you know tissue and brain tissue included, right? Like, but like in order for that child to become a child, you know prenatal postnatal or neonatal whatever the terminology is like it still has to be carried to term by the woman involved and like that decision should be hers to make all right well so we'll listen to this let me know if you can hear it so i can turn it up and uh i'll get your perspective on this okay for pro-life i'm Mm pro-choice i I would describe myself at this point i'm begrudgingly pro-choice i i I think that to which point can you hear that clearly yeah okay perfect uh, I believe that the, first on the most libertarian side of it, I believe that the government shouldn't be able to tell a woman or a man to, mm-hmm. with what they want to do with their body. Now, I understand also that if you believe that there is a life there, then the government is supposed to protect life. So right. I'll, I'm going to concede you something at the same time why I'm saying I'm not pro-life. The reason I'm asking but, to what point is I'm asking to what oh, point oh, of the pregnancy. what point in the pregnancy. In the pregnancy. So pregnancy. I would yeah. say, so from, all the, from everything I have read, I think that basically until 20 weeks, that 20 weeks they've done enough studies that they know that that fetus can feel pain, basically. And that I would say at that point, I mean, this is where... So so you're not not actually pro-choice, right? I mean, you're pro-life beyond 20 weeks. So, right, I mean, so they, because people who proclaim they're pro-choice are generally pro-choice all the way to point of birth. No, I've right? had people on the show who have told me that literally till the week before a nine-month term they're pro-choice. That's in the Democratic Party platform, I, yeah. <laughs> is it quite in the Democratic oh, Party yeah. platform? Oh, to the point of birth. is in the Democratic Party platform. That Honestly, really is. Yeah. I mean, okay, so, so it's that, pretty radical. So that to me, that's true radicalism. Like yeah. that to me, look, if a, if, 
if a normal pregnancy happens at, at six months for whatever, you know, a woman gets in a car crash and yeah. whatever, and, and, there's a, and there's a pregnancy, a six-month-old baby most of the time lives, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but, so I would argue that basically for the first 20 weeks, that it, it, it's a shitty thing. It's an unfortunate, horrible thing that no one wants to do. Why? But I would say that the woman should be allowed to choose what to do with her body. So, I'll ask you, so yeah. I'm asking you why on that. Why is it a bad thing? Why is it's, it a, bad? It's, a, it's a terrible, terrible thing you said up to that point. Because so I, do, I do believe that, look, I can't tell you, no one can tell you where the, the genesis of life begins. So I do believe it is a life. Some of this is just a little bit of belief. I'll, no, I, no, yeah. no, that's, no, that's fine. So, yeah. uh, so, but so, you are, so you're acknowledging that it's at least a potential life. Yes, and oh, or without life. question. But There's, you think that the woman's right for any reason or for some reason to do an I abortion? Up, well, this is where I wouldn't want the government moralizing people and I wouldn't want the government... Uh, telling people what to do. So I so to try so in the best way that I can be intellectually consistent, I would say that for any reason up until 20 weeks where science has proven the fetus can feel pain, that I think you should be allowed to have an abortion. After that, and here's where I mm -hmm. I think the real argument is is well, all right, if the government is now going to come in and say you can't have an abortion, does the government now owe you anything? Which I also think is a very untenable position because I don't want the government having to give you things well, I mean, I, I can't. If, if, I have a duty not to kill you, right? Yeah. I mean, I assume. Agree. Uh, so if I, if we we agree on this, if I don't have a duty, if I have a duty not to kill you, that doesn't mean I also have a duty to support you. I mean, you have a husband to do that. Right, okay. but if <laughs> right, but if if it's Patreon that does that, exactly. Actually, but, if, um, but if the government tells you, okay, so I, I get that point. But if Those the government sort of tells you, right. But but if the government says you cannot do this, and no, the government just, says I can't kill my child, but it's not my job to it's not the government's job to support me in supporting my child. Right, but if you were trying to kill your child, I think the government has a right to to come in and take away my child. Yeah, right, and that's what the pro-life position would be: is that if you're trying to kill your child, the government has a right to come and protect your child. Okay, so. So you, you think basically my position here is... I don't so think it's th perfectly... I mean, I think that you have to set these... I think the, the beyond 20 weeks thing, you're going to have to do better as, as far as your rationale for not being pro-life, like formally pro-life, as in the government should restrict it. So, so square me on the, on the libertarian part of this. Now. Okay, so the libertarian part of this is that libertarians believe that life is worthy of protection. This is like the one thing government is supposed to do, right? It's supposed to stop me from killing you. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it's either a life or it's not a life. You just suggested that a life beyond six months is basically, is a life, not basically, is a life. I'll go so, 20 weeks. Right, 20, right, so 20 weeks. Beyond right. 20 weeks, it is a life. So now, and I'm not even arguing that before 20 weeks it's not a life. I'm just right. arguing that... But you're, you're arguing that it's a fully-fledged life yeah. in the same way that you or I are a fully fledged life. Yeah. Okay. Well, if that's the case, then the government obviously has a role in restricting. I mean, at that point, there's literally no difference except the location. And the location five inches this way or five inches this way does not seem to make much of a difference. And the government overreach part of this. Is the government just telling you what to do with your body? No, the government's you, not telling me. I mean, the, the government may be telling me what to do with my body, but it's also telling me what to do with my body when I'm not allowed to stab you, right? I mean, like it's telling you not to take my arm and and put a knife in it and stab you. Right. Like, the, like the, the, the bodily integrity argument ceases to exist once you're talking about doing harm to another. Yeah. Right, that, I mean, that's the whole rule, that's the whole, I'm allowed to wave my arm in any direction so long as I don't hit your face. You know, it's interesting, because I know this argument won't compel you, but, yeah. I, but I'll give you something that's based on feeling and, okay. and anecdote for a moment. I know, I, I love know, feelings and anecdotes, yeah. you know, it's my favorite. <laughs> I know, they it's call my you, favorite, they call I love you it, Mr. Just, feeling, just make right? it happen. Um, I, I know two girls that in the last year that I'm friends with that had abortions, um, and that it was a horrible choice for both of them. 
you know, one in a committed relationship, and I don't know all mm -hmm. the, I don't know all the specifics of their sex life, but they, whatever, and one that it was just a one night stand, and in both cases it was a gut wrenching, horrible thing that that they did, and but they truly felt that in their own lives that they could they either wouldn't be able to support the child or in one case yeah. it had a lot to do with finances but in the other case just at an emotional level and all that stuff and the idea that we would then force them to do that and then and then at the same time where republicans don't want to then offer any help again i don't That's love it. the so, idea of government help it just so, it all just doesn't square so a, for me so a, a couple way. of things so one yeah. the the to me the most dangerous thing here is not the government restricting it's the the suggestion that human beings have the subjective capacity to define as life that which they wish to preserve. That's a really tough one. Okay, there are, there are a whole group of people in America who defined people arbitrarily as property for hundreds of years. And if you said, I want, the government's going to remove your property from you, the libertarian position, the way that you're articulating it, might have been, okay, well, they define that as property. Who are you to tell them that it's not their property? Mm -hmm. right? that, that, that black human being is not the same as a plow. And I'm not accusing you of being pro-slavery. But, but, <laughs> but, but, the, but the argument is, is strikingly similar in that once you say that someone gets to de de define a human life based on their own emotional state, that's a really dangerous place to be. There's got to be some sort of objective definition of human life that, at which time it's protected. Because, and you agree with that because you, yeah. you agree that it's past birth, right? But I'm saying that it's not past birth. I'm saying it's much earlier than that. And as far as the financial point, there, you know, this is what adoption is for. Again, the difficulty that you will have in bearing a child, no yeah. one's ever ready, first of all, to have a kid. Uh, you know, when you have kids, you make, like, if you're lucky, you make decisions. If you're not lucky, you, there's an accident. But then you're lucky because there's a kid. You know, kids are, kids are wonderful. I have two of them. Doesn't mean that you're going to be happy with your kid. Maybe you'll be unhappy with your kid. Maybe your kid's a crap. Right, I don't know. Right. But you, you, we can also revisit this in ten years. That's true. Right? Uh, yeah. But your your level of personal discomfort with having children has no market. It has no impact morally on the definition of whether that person is a life or not. So, then so the, 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 the difficulty argument has cuts no ice with me. So okay. So even if I even if I jump on board that does the does the government or does society have any role then? in making sure that life is, is protected as a life. So, the, so, the, so, so the, answer, the answer is yes, but, but the government's role is not in terms of positive rights, it's more in terms of negative, meaning if you mistreat the child, if there's malnourishment, if you're not taking care of the kid, the government will come in and take the baby away from you. And the, the government should come in and take the baby away from you. You shouldn't be allowed to starve your baby. Right, like Which that's is also, <laughs> it's just hard for me to square that on the libertarian side. It's like, I don't want the government doing that. I don't want this kid malnourished or killed or abused or any of those things. But, but if you malnourish your kid, I mean, I assume that yeah. you're not in favor of the government leaving a kid in the house who's going to die. No, of course. I, what I mean is I would always prefer that's done by would, a local church. Uh, yeah, or, of course, or, of yeah. course. I mean, this is but, what religious communities are, are there for. I mean, my, my view of this, when it comes to charity, my view is you first go to your family, then you go to your your church or community, then you go to the local government, then you go to the state government, then you go to, like you, you move up the chain. Yeah. in terms of where you seek aid, but the, the abortion debate is really not a particularly complex one, and it's always been bewildering to me that people want to make it so complex. It's, it's, it's not, bottom line is, if this is a life, if this is a thing of value, then your arbitrary decision that it is inconvenient for you does not trump the independent rights of that, of that life. No. It's really that simple, and, that's, and, and any attempt to obfuscate that, you're going to run into all sorts of problems that are equally applicable to adults. Right? As soon as you say that you know, I didn't want to have a kid because I can't afford the kid. How many couples can afford a kid when the kid's one? Right. Right. We're, we're not ancient Spartans. We're not going to take our children and start throwing them off cliffs, right? right <laughs> it's right, not 300. Right. This is in China. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, it's, so, yeah, the, the pro-life position, it seems to me, is it's, it's pretty clear. I, I don't think that it's, it's, 
a vague argument. I don't think it's a particularly complex argument. Uh, I think that people try to make it more complex because they're looking for a way to make it more morally palatable or emotionally palatable for them to do something they want to do in the first place. What do you make of how sort of the, the left, or at least Hollywood, Nobody ever, has, let's put this in, nobody, yeah. nobody ever has a gut-wrenching decision to have the child. Mm -hmm. right? you, always, you only hear the stories about the gut-wrenching decision to, do, to, to terminate a child. You never hear the gut-wrenching, oh, I, was, I was really struggling with, should I have an abortion or not? And then I made the gut-wrenching and ultimately, an ultimately really difficult decision to have my baby. No, it always turns out that it's like, you know, I was thinking about getting an abortion, then I decided that was a bad mistake, and then I had the kid and it's been great. Right? Like it's, it's, it's never gut-wrenching to choose to have it. it you, you only hear people speaking in terms of gut-wrenching and difficult and all the, the hassle I had to go through to make this decision when they make the eventual decision that they want to have an abortion, which says to me a lot of people know deep down that they're doing something that has moral weight uh, and they don't want to acknowledge it, so instead they just rewrite the, the logic and say this, this thing has no moral weight at all. And this is why I was asking you at the very beginning, yeah. why is it bad that somebody has an abortion at 19 weeks? Right? If, you, if you acknowledge... I, I am acknowledging I know. Yeah. If you take the safe, legal, and rare position, this is why I think the Democratic Party position from the 90s makes no sense. When they say safe, legal, and rare, mm -hmm. the question is why rare? You wouldn't say removal of a polyp, safe, legal, and rare. Mm -hmm. You'd say safe and legal, right? I mean, it's a polyp. If your position is a baby's not a baby, then who cares if you kill it? If your position is the baby's a baby, then you, you got a whole world of hurt on your hands, morally speaking, by saying it's okay to kill it. Yeah, and... and as I would have said to you when we started this portion of the conversation, I mean, this is why I say begrudgingly. Yeah. I, 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 I'll get you over here eventually. Yeah. All right, we'll do this oh, again. Okay, we'll okay. This. Any thoughts on that, my good sir? Um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think there are some valid points for sure. I think, <clears throat> I mean, there's always been a time restraint on when you could, terminate a pregnancy right so i was always under the impression that during that period of time um and if you're following this 20 weeks science that uh, he was just mentioning it's even longer than the three-month period um but like well, you you're working within that window because scientifically it's argued that that's not you know a person yet so you know, I don't know about, I, I've never even heard much of people arguing to um, legalize the termination of a pregnancy beyond the three-month mark. Uh, that's, that, that sounds like something like, um, that, that's a pretty radical position that I'm, I'm unaware of that many people even take. Uh, I, I actually the do remember. That, that had to be done in sort of like a seedy, back alley sort of way. Yeah, I do remember that there was um, there was a policy introduced. It w might have been right after Obama was elect elected or uh, elected. Oh, oh, I can't say it. Elected, elected. <laughs> it's late. Yeah. It's late. Um, there was something about. It was like crazy. It was like right around eight months. Um. I'm not sure like where that policy went, uh, but I'm not sure where exactly it stands today. Um, I'm trying to research it real quick. Yeah, I don't, I don't really see it. Um, <coughs> yeah, so I, I know that Megan has often argued that while she is pro-life, she doesn't think that in well, in many ways, she is pro-life. She doesn't think that making abortions illegal is going to stop abortion. 
She just thinks that it's going to result <laughs> in... Making them illegal isn't going to stop them. No, it's not going to stop them. It's just going to make people have them in more dangerous ways, like they used to definitely, in the past. Definitely, yeah, definitely. Um, so that um, that's normally the position she takes as far as whether it should be legal or illegal. It's just, you know, having something done in a safe way. I'm pro-life. Um, so I'm, when you say, like, so I just want to make sure, because, you know, positions change over time. Mm-hmm. I just want to make sure my understanding of it is, is current. People who are pro-life, so you guys are pro-life, meaning that, like, you do not believe that a woman should be able to have a pregnancy terminated, period, at any point. For the most part, I mean, yeah, there's, like, that weird gray area that exists. Um, I mean, if you are on any type of birth control, there are instances where the birth control kind of terminates pregnancies pretty early on. So, like, you're almost contra you are contradicting yourself in that way um because i guess it's like a secondary from what i've heard i don't know anything like this is like loose knowledge that i i wouldn't even call it knowledge because i haven't researched it in any way not if i did the research it would be any more correct but like i've heard that like a secondary function of birth control in some instances is to make that uh the environment for the fetus I guess unlivable, and then it like I don't. Know. This sounds like so crazy. Like I don't yeah. even want to say it because it sounds so. But it's what I've heard. <laughs> it it does sound crazy, <laughs> but <laughs> but I'm listening. Now I have to look it up. Functions of birth control. Of birth control pills. <laughs> so primary, uh, it prevents ovulation. Uh, the pill elevates levels of progesterone, which mimics pregnancy. The body behaves as though it's pregnant, disrupting the normal menstrual cycle and release additional hormones that cause the woman to ovulate. Um, anything else here that would potentially support the crazy thing I just said? Uh, There's too much stuff to read. Good God. Uh Primarily. Mm. Okay, okay. Yes, it prevents fertilized eggs from implanting properly in the lining of the universe. Birth control does that. Yes. So, I guess that makes sense. I mean, I'm while the like, egg has is been that fertilized, not, is that actually just like what birth control's job is? Like, is that the description of birth control doing its well, job? Well, the job. Well, that's a, that's like the secondary function. So the main function of it, um, as a like birth control pill's primary function, is by preventing ovulation. The pill. Uh, oh right. Okay. okay. Level of progesterone, which mimics pregnancy. The body behaves as though it's pregnant. Disrupting the normal menstrual cycle and release it and release of additional hormones that cause a woman to ovulate. Progestin also thickens cervic, cervical mucus, which helps prevent sperm from entering the uterus. It may also prevent fertilized eggs from implanting properly in the lining of the uterus. So if from the egg being fertilized is considered pregnant, which I guess for pro-life people would be, you know, the, the, the point of life, the point of life then birth control in some ways uh, could potentially, as a secondary function, be killing that life by not allowing it to align 
to uh to uh what's it called the uterus by not allowing it to yeah to go to its proper place and then you know get the nutrients it needs to survive so i mean i guess i didn't hear it as incorrectly or you know what i said wasn't as crazy as i believed it no it wasn't, to be. It wasn't. that's why i said it sounds kind of crazy but like also, it's like super late right now, and yeah, so it's three a.m. Things are gonna sound crazy right now. Um, but it it uh, didn't sound completely implausible. Um, I don't know, man. <clears throat> I think that um, it's just one of those things. I mean, we could we could start up a whole conversation on this, but I think that I I, I guess I'm a bit more reliant on science. Um, so if science tells me that like before 20 weeks that this is basically just a collection of cells, which is plausible because that is what we are, right? Um, I mean, we obviously develop consciousness and nerve endings and, and whatever other parts of the brain that are going to be receptive to pain. But prior to that, I mean, once we're kind of just in the oven you know, working up to that point, if if scientifically it's it's pretty um, solid of an argument that that isn't a person yet, I'm comfortable with that. Are you though? Yeah. On what other basis would I assume that that is a person? Um, I'm gonna assume JR, that a person. Jr. Smith. Jr. Smith's. Uh wife had their daughter at four months yeah but that's what how many weeks is that uh 16 and but this this baby is extremely premature yep still alive incubated. though still alive though oh yeah it, it survived because if you incubate it you're basically the incubation is what replicating the environment of a of of um of, of being in a, a a womb, right? But at sixteen weeks, like it's very touch and go. Obviously, it is. But it happened. Yeah. So what does what does that mean now for that twenty week period? Was it not a life before that? Um, I guess it depends on how you define life, because obviously at that sixteen weeks, so, okay, so for life baby, is is the twenty week mark where you define it as life personally is that where i define it as life yeah like in a generic sense like not on a case-by-case um, case basis if, I you, if you had the guideline to... of i didn't whatever the three month period so how many weeks is that 12 three months is 12 yeah so that was always my understanding that if that was the period in which you were able to terminate a pregnancy the science must be suggesting that that is the time frame within which this is basically essentially a collection of cells and not yet a person and and and, and again it depends on how you dis define a person because while they jr smith's baby was born at 16 weeks and then they through incubation and whatever else they were able to do luckily so you know, by so when you're when you're talking about the level of medical intervention like what level? So, like, essentially life support type intervention, like not breathing on its own, like. Well, I guess at sixteen weeks, what what to the, what level of medical intervention was required? 
because I don't know. I'm 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 curious. As am I. Um, I I like I really don't know enough. I'm just I just know that she was born at 16 weeks. Yeah, because I um, know that there is. She a was born at one pound. She was one pound when she was born. Lost a child. Um, and it was within that that frame of weeks, that time frame. Uh, it was around that 16-ish week mark where they had just. They had just missed I, for, and I feel bad saying this word, but they had just missed like a a, um, a a benchmark, I guess you could say. I don't remember what number week it would have been, but they were approaching it. But and had they met that that number of weeks, they would have been able to do what, uh, assumably, J.R. Smith and his his uh, wife were able to do. Yeah. So there is that threshold. Um, so, you know, but like, even with working within that, I mean, during that, even in, even in that scenario, J.R. Smith and scenarios like that, at that time frame, it's like, okay, so like, yes, you were able to, by way of medical intervention, carry this child to term now, where it's going to have an opportunity to live so, a full, so she in did, a whole life, his daughter a healthy life. did have a breathing tube. But at that 16 tube. week period... She had that's a, not life. She had a breathing tube. You know what tube. I mean? It's alive, but that's not life. Is it not? No, because I, because what kind of quality would you... How long would you want your child, or what would be your child, you know, to live with that level, that level of qual- quality of life? I mean, what is that quality of life in comparison to being in the womb? Um, yeah, but I'm saying like, it's temporary, right? Like at that particular stage, whether it's incubation or in the womb, it's, it's, you're still on the way toward actual birth, actual quality of living, actual living. Whereas it's just, yeah, but there's, there's kids born, you know, after that 20 week or 12 week period that, that have much more level of intervention, you know, whether Oh yeah, sure, sure, yeah. So I, I like so if if a baby is born with you know some serious birth defects and uh you know intellectual or physical disability, like at what point do you say that's not a life? Um well, I would never say that that is not a life. I mean, you could make an argument to you know as far as the child is able to be concerned how would they feel about their quality of living like are they in pain are they suffering or are they not um but i don't know that i would i would never say that that's not life i think especially if it's like okay you have been born at whatever period and that's as far as your um developed that's as far as you're going to develop, right? Or you're, you're. This is this is it, so to speak. Um, is a little bit different than a premature birth to that degree. Also, sixteen weeks. Is it though? Like, I would just imagine that, like, it is so because I feel like you know far they're... to go has so far to go in the developmental stages um, that you know. But I mean, it, it, it's a bit of a different argument. 
but is it though? I mean, I know, I know I'm being difficult here and like trying to no, get no, you no, 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 that's to fine, be that's specific fine. on I something that's very difficult part. to be specific on. But like when you look at, um, so look at my daughter for example. So she yeah. was born uh, pretty healthy. She had jaundice. Um, so after about a week, she had to go into intensive care. She was in like a little under the lamps for I think it was four or five days. She had to get an IVIG. She had to get a like a special, I don't even know, like hemoglobin, uh, like uh, not quite a trans. She almost had to have a blood transfusion, but wow, not okay. quite that. Okay. Um, and it had to go through her uh, her uh, umbilical cord. Wow, I did not know done. any of this. Yeah, so she was in the hospital for like five days. It was like Mother's Day. I think two days before Mother's Day she went in and she came out like on the 18th is when she got out. Um, okay. I remember this because I had to go to a Chance concert that night. That's oh, the wow. Here okay. there. That was a That was a nightmare in, in many ways. I bet. I bet. You probably <laughs> didn't enjoy any of that. Uh, it wasn't that. It was that like someone at the hospital had loosened one of my wheels and that almost fell off on the freeway when I was doing 120. Uh, what? In, in the U.S. Yeah. Yeah. You know, fun times. So I, to this day, I don't trust my car. I'm still like, I don't want to drive it anywhere, especially at high speeds. I've changed Holy tires. Smokes. I have a completely different set of rims on it. I have new wheel nuts, but I don't trust my car. It's like, I don't trust it. So like some um, random person just did this. Yeah, whether they were trying to steal my wheels, I don't know what they were trying to do. They were just regular Subaru wheels. And the wow. last time and like anybody out there that's like, no, you didn't you didn't tighten them properly. The last time I had serviced this vehicle as far as the wheels was when I put the winter tires on myself and torqued them to spec. Torqued them to spec in November of the previous year. Did you retorque them after? Of course. Right, okay. Like, I always torque my wheels to 100 foot pounds. Yeah. Like, I have a torque wrench at the shop. Yeah, I can't see you dropping the ball on that, truthfully. And the other thing is, like, over, and that was in November. And you would know, I mean, we're going way up, way to the left. Wheels don't become loose over time. If anything, it's going to happen right away. But over right. the course of six yeah. months, they don't become looser. If yeah. anything, they become tighter. Mm-hmm. If it was, like, within wow. a week... Sure. You Maybe know, like, it, you got to be a certain type of scumbag to do something to someone's vehicle at a hospital. Yep. Oh, and that was also the same week that um, people were calling to check on us, but Megan had changed her number a few months prior. So the person with the na- the same new number, like her old number, yeah, replied to Paula saying that the baby was dead. What? Yes. Wow. Yeah, it was, it was a crazy week, bro. Baby's in the hospital. Someone with my wife's old phone number is replying to people saying that the baby's dead. This is while our baby's in ICU. Wow. I'm they, sorry. You got to be a sick fuck to do some shit like that. It was a crazy week. Oh, um, my God. Yeah, I mean, it was wild. Did you, I mean, text, did, you did you hit that person up? We did. I believe we, I talked to them. Uh, Megan's mom talked to them, and they deleted their number. So I n- I'll never know who it was, which hurts me because I really want to know who it was so I can punch them in the face. Um, oh, and I, man. I'm, I'm generally not a violent person, so No, but, like, I'm lot. getting, like, and then, like, Zayla is well over a year old at this point. But, like, yeah. I'm getting mad right now. Yeah, it was crazy. It's crazy. Oh my god! 
Wow, what a week! Yeah, it was a it was a crazy week, and then to cap what it off, a week as I'm like something was going on with the car, I pulled over to the side of the road, checked the suspension. I was like, I don't know what it is. Of course, I didn't check the lug nuts. Why would I check the lug nuts? Right, that's not like you know you you feel like the the axle felt weird. I was like, damn. So get back to the border in the tunnel, pay my toll. I wasn't able to pull over to kind of inspect on the way back. Because there was, like, nowhere to pull over. So, like, I'm in the tunnel. I'm like, I just got to get to the other side. Right as I'm about to enter the tunnel, literally still in that toll booth, wheel falls off. Wow. Wheel falls off the car. Oh, my God. All the lug nuts are gone. All of them. Gone. I was just doing a buck 20 on I-75. Can you imagine? Exactly. Okay. Now the other thing is. gosh. I can't just jack the car up, put the wheel back on with a couple other lug nuts. Right. Why? Because I'm now on a decline where the car is tilted forward. So the tunnel guys are like, hey, like if it was a flat surface, go for it. But if anything happens where you're under the car or the car moves forward because it's now on a downward slope, like we got to call the tow truck. 240 buck tow truck. To get my car to the other side to put the wheel back on to drive it Wow. So not only was my daughter in the hospital, not only did I have somebody say to people that were trying to check on us that my daughter was dead, someone then now loosened the wheel on my car and almost fell off on the freeway in Detroit. I had to pay $240 to get it towed back to my house. And I missed 95% of the Chano concert and missed him performing Butterfly Kisses, uh, Cocoa Butter Kisses. Cocoa Butter Kisses. Wow. That was my day. Oh, my gosh. Yo, you're a trooper. No, I'm just a vessel. I know nothing. You are a vessel. I believe in that. I'm a believer now. Oh, man. Anyways. Somebody would have <laughs> caught hands from me. Yo, Trust it was. Me. Uh, I still enjoyed most of Chano. It was good. Um Ooh. But then I had the paranoia of being in the States during, like, in a large crowd of people where, you know, shootings was a very prevalent thing at that moment in time. It's like, this seems like an opportune crowd of happy people to mess something up with. Yeah. And the way my week's already been gone, Lord knows. I think you might. I think the good thing about Chance is, like, while he has a huge audience, I don't think he's on the people who orchestrate those types of, um, uh, what do they call those? Um, large scale tragedies, I think they're called. Terrorist. Well, yeah, but like, there's like another term that, like, I guess, like the like police and like FBI and stuff use. Hmm. Oh, I was just listening to a podcast where they were talking about it because they accused this guy of being a terrorist and he wasn't. But um, uh, but anyway, yeah, I don't think chances on those people's radar, like an Ariana Grande or someone. You know what I mean, like. I mean, it it was at the Palace of Auburn Hills, so it was a huge event. Yeah, all right, fair enough. Um, Anyways, all that being said, I do believe that, you know, there are instances where children do, like, even if Zayla, perfectly healthy, before even having jaundice, was born, if her level of development was stopped at her three days old, what is that to say about the rest of her quality of life? Three days into her, three her, days after she was conceived? after she after she was born after she was born. Oh, so if that level I mean, of health, and that is the that is the 
the extent to her development over the course of her life, what does that say about her quality of life in comparison to... I mean, to... I think objectively, I would say it would be it would be very poor. But the thing is, I know people whose you know level of development isn't too much further ahead than that in in some ways i mean i do have a friend whose daughter um you know has a very rare condition and uh you know doesn't get to have the same quality of life as other people i mean it's not you know to the level of like you know a newborn she does have um you know she does definitely have a good quality of life especially with the, the amount of care that she's gotten from her mom but like her okay her quality of life and what she's able to do um, as of this moment in time is is fairly limited with the condition that she has. So, uh, and that's that's permanent. From that's what I, I from what I understand, I mean she's she's been on a breathing tube numerous times. She's had mm-hmm. you know uh, bouts with infection numerous times. Been bedridden. Um, uh, I believe she's stuck in a chair or bed at the moment. Um, and she's probably three or four years old, maybe, th- wow. maybe three, I want to say, um, yeah. you know, I, I can have her speak to that on a number of other issues. She, she's, you know, an amazing person. She's been a great mom and she's done a lot for the cause, um, uh, through her experience. But like, I think when you get to the point where you're comparing quality of life, that's a very difficult, you know, conversation yeah, to sure. have. Fair even enough, like, fair enough. what is valuable? I mean, yeah. even if you look at the other spectrum, what is the quality of life when you look at someone on life support? You know, with their potential to potentially come back, someone in a coma, and that, and and in those situations, you're looking at it from the perspective of every day that they live, they're closer to death. Whereas right. with, you know, with a premature child, you're looking at if they can get through this stage they can go forward and experience so much more. Whereas the person who's 78 years old, their quality of life once they're out of that situation, while it is better than their current situation, isn't on the same upward horizon and trajectory as a premature child who has just lived. They've had an opportunity. Exactly. So it's like when you get into the quality of life debate, you know, or, or comparison, it does become a very difficult decision. Yeah. I mean, how much does that weigh into the – because I think the quality of life thing is like that becomes a part of the conversation in instances where there is a premature birth. I think, I think, I think that becomes a part of the conversation in a lot of other areas, especially when you tie in finances. I feel like that's a okay. been, that's been a very large you know, part of, you know, well, I just can't afford to have a kid. And and my thing though is though my thing that what the thing that upsets me more than anything is, um, while I do believe that in many cases it is like the final, like you did everything right as far as being preventative, and it's like the final decision to be made um, to terminate the pregnancy. I feel like there's a lot of instances where there's a lot of ill decision that takes place, and then this is like the eraser. This is the thing that kind of a, 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 like clears you of any of the responsibility. Like it's like you're like they're treating it like it's a get out of jail free card. Exactly. Like that's that's that was that was always my biggest issues because when, especially like yeah, but I think should you still be like made to like carry a child to term to like teach you a lesson? Not to teach you a lesson, and it's not about being personally responsible. It's it's you did something where you especially if you know the consequences of your actions. 
like potentially, and not to say consequence is a bad thing, just consequence is an outcome of no, an action. No, just the reaction to your action. Exactly. So if you yeah. know that the potential to create life is as a part of that act, but you take none of the preventative measures to do so, and you just kind of hope and feel, and then, whoops, you're pregnant, but I've got this out that I have, like where's the level of personal responsibility for something like that? Well, I mean, sure, but then like there are instances where like, you can be wanting to have a child with someone, right? And then, you know, it comes down to it. By the time there's a pregnancy, the dynamic is different. Things are different. Your circumstances are different. Like, things change. Like Things change on just, the fly. I mean, I could lose my job tomorrow. I could lose my house. A lot yeah, of things change. Yeah, or you could be like, you know what? We wanted to have a child together. And then, like, now I found out that, like, this guy cheated on me or yeah, this but guy that, has some sort of I, I don't I don't know if that's a, a a proper reason to have an abortion though. I mean I don't know that it's especially not. I don't know that really like, the guy cheated know, on you so now like, what if you only want to have a child in a nuclear family well, and now you realize that like this guy that you initially plan on having a kid with you want nothing to do with this person. Yeah but that happens when after the child's been born in a lot of cases as well. Right. That's not but, an excuse to kill the child and be done with them. Well, that's it. See, but it's see, it comes back to the when is it a child? When is their life? Right. When is it just okay? A so let's say let's you say I mean? after twenty weeks, you decide that he's a scumbag, or you find out he's a scumbag. Well, that's that's a different thing. Then. Is that then a reasonable amount of time to terminate a pregnancy? No. Yeah, I am not for pursuing termination of pregnancy beyond this twenty week period. No, no, I, I I completely understand, but I'm saying like, what what is the difference of three weeks or four weeks at that point? I mean, it is well, a no, huge I difference. I, no, I don't. That's not what I'm arguing. I'm saying like, I'm arguing for still working within that framework of the twenty weeks or the three months. That's the legal like window. So like, let's just say like you had been leading up to actually just realizing you're pregnant. You had been okay with, you know being with this person and then you know something changed you found out that you just what for whatever reason right but as long as you find out within the three month period you should be good you should be allowed to make that choice because science says suggests that that isn't a fully formed life but being that can feel pain in canada Let's see. I'm trying to get this from a trusted source. Um, as of oh well, you know, we'll uh, I don't know how trusted you know some of these news sources, but we'll go with CBC Canada. Okay. <clears throat> Three I'm things that. to know about abortion in Canada. What's that? Say that again. Three things to know about abortion in Canada. Okay. Number one, access can be limited. There are no federal re- restrictions on abortion in Canada, although provincial laws vary. Pro-choice supporters say access, remain, access remains difficult, particularly in Roman and rural and remote portions. Um, Wait, say that. Say that one again. So, so access is limited. So, in Canada, there is no, <clears throat> there is no. Uh, on a federal level, 
There is no federal restriction on abortions in Canada. What does that mean, no federal restrictions? Canada abortion rights, that means... Let's let's dive into that a little deeper. I had read a snippet that had said that... um, Where was it? Like, does that just mean that it's legal nationwide? I think that was in relation to the term of the pregnancy in which you could get an abortion. That's what I'm wondering. That's Um, what it means? That's what I'm going to look at right now. How many weeks? Uh, I mean, I guess that makes sense. Although you would think it would be a federal thing. I'm just, you know, because pregnancy isn't different provincially. Yeah, but neither are a lot of things, but it's different. Yeah. Well, there's an interesting paper on it. I'm going to star that because, you know, I love to read me a good research paper. I still have a research paper I haven't thrown away. Um, and I've been meaning to, you know, pass it along to someone else and have a discussion on it. I might just throw it your way and kind of get your – it's it's pretty heavy. Um, it deals with some issues that are uh, beyond my realm of uh, understanding. Um, oh, really? What, what's it about? Specifically, it deals with uh, – homosexuality uh in hispanic communities um especially in communities where being the receiver is seen as gay but not being the giver oh interesting yeah it's a very interesting dynamic and what is considered you know gay and not gay and um yeah yeah i'd be be interested in reading that oh i just saw something nationalpost.com no physician in Canada can terminate a pregnancy over 24 weeks without serious indications. That's that's promising. I'm guessing that means without there being like threat to the the mother's health. No. Okay. Oh, there. Okay. If you can find an incorrect sentence in this uh, editorial, uh, the misleading sentence is. It is perfectly legal in Canada to have an, to have or to have or perform an abortion for any reason or no reason at all at 20, 25 weeks, 30 weeks or 35 weeks gestation. Um, someone is saying that this is misrepresenting the facts. No physician in Canada can terminate a pregnancy over 24 weeks without serious indication that the life of the mother is at risk or that the fetus has very serious malformations. Um. Okay. I'll definitely have to do more research on the subject, but I mean, yeah, twenty-five weeks. That I, I that's the first time I'm hearing such a lengthy time frame. Yeah, I mean, but if there's some restriction, I mean, not that there shouldn't not be, but that that is much more you know palatable than. Any time, but wasn't it, wasn't it saying term. that it was it was up until twenty five weeks there didn't need to be restrictions? Yeah, but at the same time, it said that after that there is. I mean, like that's still a long wait. Like that's you're far into the pregnancy at that point. Yeah, like twenty five weeks. How many months is that? You're 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 like six months. Yeah, I didn't know that 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 was a thing. Well, you're 
five months pregnant, but you're close. You're close either, either way, I didn't, I didn't, I did not know that that was legal. No, you're six months. Yeah, twenty four. Yeah, twenty four months. Six months. Six months in. Um, so yeah. Um, so that's a thing. Um, yeah. I don't know. I'll look into it some more, but uh, I don't know how much more I want to look into abortion, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we'll look I into mean, it we some can, more. We can. Uh, I'm a little bit curious, but about the the time frame, other, but um, but I feel bad, man, because like you got to get up for work, and I like I don't, so it's not really fair that I'm just like, yeah, well, chatting. I, here. I guess we'll end the podcast here. Um, yeah. Any, anything you want to say? This was fun. You know, I'm not going to edit it because I got to go to sleep soon. Uh, okay. So this will be like a portion of this weekend, I guess, what I had started recording last week, which is okay. pretty much me just talking about how much I love the Tiana album, I think. Um, oh, well, that's that's cool. I'm so. on board with that. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm just going to upload it as it is. Uh, and, uh, you know, I know nothing. I'm just a vessel, and that's that's <laughs> kind of right. that's kind of all I know these days. Yeah, no, I know. I, 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 I rock with that. All right, bro. Thanks for joining me on the Random Output Podcast. We're back. It's back. Um, yes, I guess we'll see for how long, but we're back right now. All right. Well, all right. feels good. Peace. All right, bro. All right. Well, there you have it. That's a wrap. The Random Output Podcast is back. Thank you very much for joining me and the homie Jarrell. JP, as always, it was a fun time. Uh, the depth of the discussion was all over the place. Um, but that's how we like it. Random Output Podcast is back. Enjoy. Have a good one. Peace. Be blessed. I know nothing. I'm just a vessel. Be easy. Hit me up at the Random Output. Facebook. Tony Clemmings, Instagram at TYM39, Twitter at The Random Output. Holla at your boy. I'm in the building and I'm feeling myself. Rest in peace, Mac Dre. I'ma do it for the bay, okay? Getting paid. We'll holler whenever that stop. My team good.